Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, May 11th, 2020. How was your weekend? I know mine was pretty good. Had a great time just hanging out with uh, the roommates and my, my brother, a few friends. It was so fun to have sports on. And you know I'm talking about UFC. It was on Saturday evening. I, I promise you, I watched all six, seven hours of it, whatever it was. Uh, the pre-fight coverage, the post-fight coverage, it was so cool to see sports back. It, it brought us uh, together, and it was interesting to see without fans there in attendance. Just there, You could hear more of the kicks and the punches and the grunts and everything. And, uh, it was just really cool to, to get a taste and see it back again. And I know that it's going to be presented to us a little bit more this week also on Wednesday and also again on Saturday. So the UFC is trying to make a push here to bring us uh, our sports. I know we're desperately hungry for it. I know I am. So it was really fun to see. I'm looking forward to Wednesday and Saturday. I got to tell you, I was glued to the TV Saturday uh, in between flipping some burgers on the grill and some corn on the cob. We had a good time running the barbecue Saturday and uh, ended the night with the fire pit again and some s'mores and just hanging out outside and yeah, the nice weather and enjoying a little fire. It was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Sunday was Mother's Day, and I want to wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. It's a shame they only get one day a year. You know, they, they deserve so much more than that for putting up with all of us. So I hope you got to spend time with your mothers and get to talk to them at least and say you love them and all that good stuff. I, I have a little Mother's Day tradition of my own that... I've mentioned before on the episodes, I go to AMPM. When I was about 10 years old, give or take, my brother and I wanted to take our mother to lunch after church. And uh, we had gone to like AMPM and 7-Eleven with our coaches and stuff usually and, you know, get a big gulp or something. But I was with my mom and we wanted to buy her lunch. You don't have any money when you're that age. So we took her to AMPM, Mini Market. We, we went in and we got, you know, hot dogs for a dollar or those cheeseburgers for 70 cents, whatever they were. We sat out on the hood and we just had a little cheap meal. And, and all these years, my mom told me that that was her favorite Mother's Day. So uh, she's she's been gone from us for a while now. But every single Mother's Day, I've always gone to an AMPM, no matter what city or part of the country I've been in. Just that I spend five minutes and go go have a, a bad hot dog that, that actually tastes a little bit better on Mother's Day, uh, just for various reasons. And just uh, that's my little tradition that I do. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I know a lot of people had other plans uh, with Mother's Day, and, and it was a very different Mother's Day, right? I mean, uh, just one that we'll always remember with this whole virus and quarantine thing. So very different. But again, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, all the mothers. And uh, to the end of the weekend, I mean, what can I say? The Last Dance episodes uh, seven and eight, just more incredible stuff from that documentary for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I'm I'm definitely hooked on it and and can't wait for the finale next week. So it was a pretty good weekend for me. I I definitely got my juices flowing with the the NFL schedule being released late last week and then UFC Saturday. Uh, Mother's Day was cool, just kind of chilling and uh, looking forward to the week ahead, preparing the podcast. So it's going to be a fun week. I'm going to make a goal to be a little more positive this week. I think we can all do that. Uh, that's the goal anyway. <laughs> Sometimes our goals fall short and things happen. But but let's try to be a little more positive this week. I won't preach too much, but that's that's my challenge to everyone out there. Let's, let's really try to gain some momentum with this thing and, and see where it takes us. 
Uh, I want to say a thank you to a buddy of mine, Fred Monteblanco. He posted on Facebook. It was this uh, p- guy playing piano, and all he did is he played like five songs. They kind of blended them all together, and they were all sports-related, and it was so cool. It was like a minute, minute and a half long, but it was cool to hear like the March Madness soundtrack and then go right into the NBA playoff uh, music and then the Masters and just all the different music and things we've been missing. Major League Baseball on Fox. Like, it was a cool little um, uh, piece of music that this guy put together. So that was pretty cool to see. And it, But it was a little sad, too, thinking about all the sports we've missed out on these past few months. And, and I'm hopeful for the future. I know uh, it's a great step forward with UFC and what they're doing. And hopefully other people follow their lead. And uh, we can get things going here in the summer. I know there's a lot of different plans, and I hope the powers that be, uh, you know, can make some wise decisions and, and get us some more uh, content out there. So, uh, for me, it was a hopeful weekend, a very fun weekend, and I look forward to this week ahead. I'm definitely a little re-energized, right, and then just ready to rock. So, I'll tell you a little bit about the lineup we have for you this week. We mentioned it on Friday. But uh, just to listeners for today, to for the week ahead, today we have Scott Lewis on the program. He's a uh, friend of mine we haven't talked to in a long time. And, you know, the, the longer <laughs> gap you have in between talking with someone and then they come on the podcast, you know, the episodes run a lo- little longer. But that, uh, you know, I wouldn't have it in your w- other way. Happy to talk with him. It's a long interview, so bear with us. Uh, Scott works up in the Bay Area now in the financial industry. He also umpires some youth and uh, high school uh, baseball, I should say. That's where we met a few years back. He played football at Azusa Pacific University. I'll let him tell you all about that. And he also spent a short time, brief time, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, working not really their front office, but just their general general, uh, workload that they have uh, in the stadium and such. So he'll tell you all about that. It's a long interview, so bear with us. On Tuesday, we have A.J. Corsini on the program. He's a Real Hondo Prep coach, a graduate. He works at the high school. He also is in real estate. He has some uh, business ideas. He's, he's been doing well with his real estate, even though uh, this coronavirus thing is going on. So he's got some uh, good information. It's going to be fun to talk to him on Tuesday. Wednesday, as always, is Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired Riverside police officer chimes in with his random thoughts and strong opinions. It's always fun. He brings a little energy to the middle of the week for us. So we're looking forward to talking to him once again. Thursday will be Luther Wilson. He is a high school and uh, or high school football and baseball official, I should say. I also work with Luther at Fox Studios in the fall with NFL and college football stuff for Mike Pereira and Dean Blandino. So he'll fill you in on kind of what that's like. He also has a unique perspective of USC football. He's down on the sidelines, running the chains, helping out the officials and stuff. So that, that'll that be interesting to hear him discuss that. Some fun stories there. On Friday, we will finish off the week with Steve Amon. He's another former Real Hondo Prep graduate. He is up in the Oregon area these days. He's got four boys, and they're, they're starting to grow grow quick, grow fast. So he's, he's coaching them a lot more and... In introducing a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the the things he learned in Cary Youth League and Rio Hondo Prep, uh, he's a senior project manager up there as well with uh, in real estate and other other things. So it'll be fun to talk to him. Go down memory lane. He's a fun guy, and that'll round out our week for us. So 
I don't want to take too much more of your time, guys. I apologize last week and a little bit this week that the neighbors next door have been building these sheds. So there's all kinds of construction sounds. Hopefully that the microphone didn't pick up too many of them. But um, anyway, we're going to get right to Scott Lewis right now. It's a long interview. Hang in there. A lot of fun topics, a lot of fun conversations. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Here is Scott Lewis. Okay, today we are joined by Scott Lewis, a good friend of mine. We used to umpire together at the youth sports level and the youth, uh, high school uh, level back in the day, kind of when I was getting started. He now lives up in the Bay Area in Northern California. He's a acid. He works for Acid Mark in a financial services uh, industry. So uh, I want to welcome to the program Scott Lewis. Hey man, thanks for having me. Uh, it was- you know, just uh, it's good to hear from you, and I'm excited to uh, participate today. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here, Scott. And and what can you tell me about uh, your current work up in the Bay Area? Uh, well, Asset Mark is uh, a financial services company, just like you mentioned. What we do is we work directly with uh, financial advisors across the United States. I believe we have. Um, about 7,000 advisors that we work directly. And what we do is uh, we're basically a, um, uh, a third-party um, platform. Uh, they can hold their assets with custodians that we have. Uh, some of the custodians, uh, people who are in finance might have heard of, a company like Fidelity, um, TD Ameritrade, Pershing. Those are just some of the custodians that we work with. And my first role uh, at AssetMark was uh, basically I worked with uh, advisors in my particular territory and I just mm-hmm. assisted them uh, with the platform. And so I've been there for almost nine, it'll be nine years in September. Oh man, time, time sure flies. Yeah, you, you moved up to uh, Northern California that, I mean, was it nine years ago? Uh, actually 10. So oh, I, goodness. it was January of 2000 and. Uh, 11 when I did move up to the Bay Area. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as a lifelong Southern California guy, uh, what can you tell me kind of some of the differences is living up there? I mean, is, is uh, I mean, you and your wife living up there, now, what, what are some of the differences or some of the kind of the norms you've gotten used to? Oh, holy cow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a loaded <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, it was going to be such an easy and smooth transition. I mean, it's uh, it's a 45-minute flight. It's a five-and-a-half-hour drive. And I just thought, hey, Southern, you know, California, northern, southern, what's the difference? It is night and day, to be honest. <laughs> um, and it the one thing that has gotten to me is I've always loved Southern California, uh, I've always been proud of where I'm from, but now since I've been up here, I've kind of taken it at a different level, um, and it's it's kind of ridiculous. Like I'm always constantly wearing something that has LA on it, either a logo or you know Dodger hats, uh, Laker gear, anything Kings. Uh, it's just because there's I have this more sense of pride. Um, mm-hmm. The weather is definitely different, uh, so I definitely give San Francisco the edge on the weather. Um, the The Bay Area, it's just uh, there's probably uh, more seasons. You know, there's there's coolness <laughs> there. Um, specifically where we live, uh, it's pretty cool throughout the 
uh, throughout the summers. There's about two weeks where it's a little bit unbearable, but other than that, it's really, really nice. Uh, the people are a little bit different, and how I describe that is that there's this, um, I think, kind of redheaded stepchild type of scenario where uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just... It, once they find out that you're from Southern California, there's this uh, disdain, this distaste, this, this, this um, uh, hatred, I think, something, yeah. or bias. Um, yeah. there, there's just something there. And I try to tell people, uh, Matt, you can agree or disagree. I, I try to tell people about, that people in Southern California really don't care about Northern California. <laughs> You know, like uh, we so don't. For my few friends up there, you and a few others. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's like if when I was living in Southern California, I didn't care about Southern Northern California. We didn't have a distinct. Like, if I met someone who lived in Northern California and they were down in LA, and I and I talked to them, I would be like, "Oh, where are you from? Oh, how do you like? You know, I'll be excited." But if yes, yeah. it's, it's a totally Pol- different, totally different polite. Yeah, polite yes. and uh... oh wait, you said polite. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, what a cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're one of those people. Say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You see, we're living in the same area now. Like, hey, I just asked you a question. Uh, it, it, I... It's the thing is so weird is the fact that uh, these people complain about. Oh, it's smog. There's smog here. Um, oh, the traffic is so bad. I'm like, the traffic is just as worse here. The lanes are smaller, so the freeways are smaller. So that's the one thing that I'm not used to because you go to the F, you go to the 405, and the 405 has like eight lanes on each side, yeah. <laughs> and it's still packed. But up here, there's only three or four lanes. There's not that many people um, that live up here compared to Southern California. So some of the same things they that they complain about. It's about LA. It happens here, and it's just—it's amazing. <laughs> this is another thing that's kind of funny: is that it's um, when I wear something that has a lay on it, especially the Dodgers. Um, I—I I, I don't know why I was so naive. I knew that there was a rivalry, but I didn't realize how people take it so seriously. I, I don't know why I felt that way. Being from Southern California, I always felt that I hated the Angels way more than I hated the Giants. <laughs> and that's just because I had many more friends that were Angel fans uh, than I did Giant fans. So, it did, you know, but up here, it, there's a huge, uh, I know no one is shocked, but there's a huge distaste for the Dodgers. Uh, there was one time I was wearing a, a Dodger hat or something, and this guy just secretly, quietly came up to me, and he's just like, "Go Dodgers!" <laughs> I'm like, so like we keep it's it's like this underground society, and it's yeah. really quiet. But there's a lot of Dodger fans here, and we just kind of wink at each other or give ourselves a high five when we see each other. We don't say uh, too much. Um, one other quick point about the differences: there's a food difference too. The, the foods are definitely different up here, but I'll tell you this really quick story about um, the Warriors, um, um, their little dynasty that they had, which is um, kind of cute. I, I call it cute. Um, oh, <laughs> you gotta I, res- oh, don't be, don't be a Northern Californian. Scotty, you got it. You got that greatness when it's there. No. Yes, it means 
for 30 years, but it was it was quite a run they had. No, total respect. Total respect. Um, their run uh, and what they've done, it was amazing. And um, I, I don't have any hatred for the Warriors, but it was kind of funny. I have this, uh, it was during this time, it was uh, April playoff time a few years back, and I just happened... You know, if I don't have get a haircut, like I haven't got a haircut in like six weeks, I, I wear a hat. So I had a Lakers hat on, and I'm at the grocery store, and um, and there were some fans talking to the cashier about the Warriors and everything, and they looked at me. I didn't even notice what hat I had on, and they go, "Oh, you're a, you're a Laker fan?" I said, "Yes, I'm a, I'm a Laker fan." And he goes, and two of them were like, "Oh, we we feel so sorry for you." You know, it's, you know, it just sucks what you guys are going through. And I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? What are, what are we going through? They're like, well, you know, you guys haven't, you know, made the playoffs or you guys haven't won anything. So, you know, it sucks that your team is not very good. And I said, and I basically said, listen, I'm 40 years old. I go, I, I go, I've seen my team win 10 championships in my lifetime. I go, I go, don't feel bad for me. Just in, enjoy your guys' run. Like, I, I think I've had my time, you know, like. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, there's just certain, like, there's there's certain things about L.A. that are specific to, I, I didn't realize they were specific to L.A. because I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and I think two things that are, that I miss, you know, I, I, I miss uh, pastrami sandwiches. You know, like going to the wow. hat and getting a pastrami mm-hmm. sandwich. You don't, there's no places up here that do pastrami. You know, <laughs> chili cheese fries. Like that's, I didn't realize that that's like LA Staples stuff. Really? I did not, huh. had no clue. There's just certain things that you just, they don't have up here. There is one restaurant that's in a uh, city just outside of Oakland. I haven't been to it, but I want to go. And it's called the 310 Eatery. It is all stuff that you would find in LA and it's a restaurant. And I'm like, that's oh. amazing. But um gotta go. I like the area <laughs> to be honest. I like the fact that I can go see my family, but you know, Southern California is home to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. You know what? I, I think uh I've said it for years. I think it really needs to be two different states. <laughs> it, it really, I mean, it's, it's completely different. Uh, you know, but 51 states sounds kind of weird compared to 50, but you know, anything North of, uh, I don't know, Bakersfield or, or Fresno, <laughs> whatever should be, uh, you know, Northern California state line. Um, and a few other things, Scott, you know, I think, okay. The diehard Dodger fans that go to baseball games and uh, you know, watch a ton of games they they hate the Giants. They but I would say as a whole, the San Francisco Bay Area, Northern California for that matter, as a whole, the entire area up there, it is a better uh, hatred of the Dodgers. I would say than uh, the than down here in L.A. L.A. Everything's everyone's so like oh yeah oh yeah the uh, Giants uh, yeah we don't like them but no it like you said it is a true deep hatred of the Dodgers up there. And you know what? Honestly, I, I respect the passion. I really do. It's it's the opposite of, of everything I stand for in Southern California, but uh, I do respect the passion they have up there. I think it's, um, and, uh, you know, I'm biased. I just think it's the best rivalry in almost all the sports. And I think the main reason mm-hmm. is because 
they kind of grew up together and they're such a huge partnership. Yes, they don't like each other. Yes, they're rivals. But if you really dig into the history of where it all began in New York, the games in New York, and yeah. and then, you know, with uh um you know, with them wanting the Dodgers wanting to move to LA, you know, the commissioner was like, No, you're not going to LA. Unless there's another team there. And what team went with them? The Giants did. You know, that's the only reason why there's a Los Angeles Dodgers is because the the Giants were willing to come to San Francisco. That's the only reason. Because they would have been the only uh, team west of St. Louis. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, no, we need more teams out there. And the Giants decided to come. I mean, that partnership is such a respect. I respect the Giants organization. Um, before I moved up to the Bay Area, um, my second team would would have been the Giants. Like I just I just respect them uh, so much. Um, I can't stand them as much, <laughs> but I also do respect them. Uh, and, and it's just a. I think it's a it's a huge rivalry and just a huge respect. And I just you could tell in my voice. I just miss uh, baseball. Just miss it. <laughs> I, I think we all do. We all do. And it's driving us crazy. And, you know, no other rivalry that I know of ha- uh, traveled to two teams together, 3000 miles mm-hmm. to, to a new city and continued uh, a rivalry like that. I think that's what, like you said, makes that one special is the history involved in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll get back to the Dodgers uh, in a minute because there is something I want to touch on uh, there. But Scott, let's go back to the beginning. Y- you and I were uh, you were one of the first guys I umpired with before I got into pro, uh, professional baseball, before I started that, that journey, before uh, we kind of did some high school together, but we really uh, started working together on the youth field. And, and that's where we kind of met and uh, we worked a few games together. We, we worked some, some of those tournaments and such where we do three games a day and, and those kinds of things. So that's kind of where our, uh, our friendship began was way back kind of before uh, all these different uh, sports avenues we ventured off into. Yeah. You caught my eye. And so I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this ever before, but uh, you know, umpiring is a, unfortunately right now it's, it's an old person's profession. And what I mean by that, yeah. it's it's just really sad to me when now I'm getting older. But back then, when I first started, I was like the youngest person in the room, and I was in my <laughs> and I was in my thirties, um, maybe late twenties, early thirties. And so, when the first time that you step into the room, that's the one thing I notice is like, oh, this is a guy who's uh, who's um, you know who's. <laughs> was born uh you know before you know after the 60s so this is cool i can talk to this person (laughs) and that's the one thing i was like oh i wonder who you know what's his story that's the only thing and i I don't know how we first started talking it's probably we we did one game together but i just remember um you know us meeting you know at citrus college in one of those meeting rooms and knowing that you were a young person just like me oh, that's right. just like me working together <laughs> so that's where it all started and um still to this day uh, i i i'm 
I always forget because I'm getting old and I've got a lot of gray hair now. Is that I think I started in 06, 07, one of those years. I just can't remember. But And I did a lot of games, a lot of games. You know this. You've done a lot of games. But I've done a lot of games since then. And you're still, uh, without a doubt, the best umpire I've ever worked with. Like, I, Oh, God, wow. With, you're real? <laughs> checks in the mail, by the Thanks. way. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. They don't send checks anymore. I'll Venmo that. Oh, later. you know, people are listening are just sick to hear that right now. No, I mean, I and and I'm sure that people who know you know who you you know what you're all about. But you just taught me how to step my game up. I mean, like I would never forget you popping your trunk and everything is. I don't. I think you had your equipment in just alphabetical order. That's how organized you were. You had everything pristine, polished. You had your socks ironed. Everything. It was just. Oh. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy takes this, and we're doing a, a like a 13 year old game, and you're just you're you tr- you treated it. Like it was, you know, game seven of the World Series. And that's something I always respected of you. I really appreciate that. And the one thing that really caught my eye, the, I'll never forget this. We were doing a, a two-man game at Don Lugo High School. And it was one of those games where you were by yourself. But I remember looking on the schedule and going, hey, can I do a two man? Because I never got a. Ch- I don't do a lot of two man in high school, but you allow me to work with you, and I'll never forget. Like uh, I was on the bases, and it was just a routine ground ball, and I'm just sitting there relaxing. I'm not getting paid for this game, so I'm. I got to be honest. I'm not going to hustle that much. I'm just coming <laughs> to try to get some work in, and it's yeah. just a like a routine ground ball to the shortstop, and I'm watching the play, and I'm like, okay, this guy's going to get out. And I hear the pop of the glove, and I think you beat the ball. That's how that's how much you hustled <laughs> from behind the plate that I you would have been safe <laughs> if you were the base runner. And to me, I always think about uh, your work ethic on the field, and it was just amazing. Well, I appreciate those kind words. I, I definitely have lost a step or two as <laughs> I've gotten older. Uh, but, you know, at that time, too, you, you don't know – really too much of what you're doing and you know there's there's only one speed and that's just a hustle and you can't be wrong uh hustling i guess so yeah <laughs> that's that was probably all i was doing i didn't know what else to do uh but thank you so much for those kind words scott uh, i'm glad to hear that you're continuing umpiring up north now and at the high school level and, and you know uh it, it was definitely a lot of fun working with you because the same thing yeah you start out and you're just looking for someone that you have a like-minded uh, personality with. Uh, yes. And <laughs> I have a lot of older friends, but I, you know, there was a, a handful of younger people too, that, that I got along with. And, and we started talking and found that we had a lot of similar interests. We were mm-hmm. huge sports guys. Mm-hmm. And anyone can say, Oh, I like sports, but it's the people like you and myself, I think, <laughs> but we're like, no, 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 we are sports guys. We are uh, go home at night. Uh, find a game on television and watch it random Tuesday night, college basketball game, a Thursday night, Kings hockey, get whatever. You, even if it's on in the background while you're making dinner or something, I mean, we are sports people and you know, my girlfriend will tease me now with, you know, no sports on and like, Hey, it'd be nice if we could watch a movie every now and then I'm like, and we do, but sports is such a, 
an influential part of my life. And I know it's definitely a part of yours. It taught me so much. And um, I'm, I'm going to make sure my mom listens to this because it's her fault. It is all her fault. <laughs> and this is where it all started. You know, my mom was single mom and she had me, she didn't know what to do with me. Um, and so what she did, she just put me into different sports and everything, but, I remember being a kid, she just did things that she thought I might like, or hmm, a little boy might like this. So she got me Sports Illustrated as a little boy, and that's what I read. She wanted me to read. I never forget that she wanted me to improve on my reading. And so she bought me uh, a book in the summer. I'm like eight or nine years old, and it was a it was called The History of Baseball. And she got oh. and she got that book and it was at that time the most boring book I've ever read because it talked about people, talked about, you know, Lou Gehrig, Tris Speaker, you know, Matthewson. I like all these players that have been dead for 50 years. I'm learning about them at eight and nine years old because my mom wanted me to improve my reading. That's all she, that's the reason why. And now today, I'm like, it's just a wealth of knowledge that I have of sports. It's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just kind of in my DNA and I definitely fault her for that. Um, but we, we got to a point now where, um, especially there isn't any sports uh, now that uh, my wife, one day she came downstairs and she heard me like maybe, I don't know if I was yelling or making noise or something. And she goes, Oh, what are you doing? I go, I'm just, I'm just watching this on ESPN. She goes, what is that? Is that a video game? I go, yeah, yeah. They're playing, they're playing NBA 2k and she goes wait wait so you're watching i go yes and the lakers are losing right now <laughs> you know that's that's how bad it's gotten i'm just always looking for some type of uh competition i'm competitive now and right now like my only like my sport now is trying to find toilet paper and hand sanitizer that's that's <laughs> my entertainment but my family's always been in sports um my brother uh, was a, a really, really good athlete, great athlete in our family. And my mom is, um, she's a huge sports fan, didn't like sports uh, before me, but now she, she's a person that um, I'll be sitting at work and we, we have this family rule where we really, we don't call each other doing work hours because either somebody's in the hospital or someone died. And so we try mm -hmm. not to call. And I remember my mom calling and it just alerted me. It scared me. And, mm -hmm. um, and the first thing she says, Hey, uh, everyone's okay, but I have a question. I'm like, why, why are you calling me? It's noon. You know, she goes, well, <laughs> You know, I have this question about Cam Newton, and I'm like, oh my gosh, are you? I go, Mom, <laughs> you're calling me about Cam Newton right now. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just our family now, and um, we cannot wait until things get started back up. But, um, and that, and I think that's why where we bonded too, because there, there's sports fans, um, uh, there's sports fans that I have. Let me describe one sports fan for you. So 
<laughs> I never forget when I moved up here, I was uh, talking to someone, met them, and they had mentioned, yeah, I'm, I'm from Southern California. I go, oh, okay, cool. And we start talking about sports a little bit, and I'm like, oh, what's your team? He's like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. I go, oh, okay, when when did you become a Giants fan? Ah, uh, 2010. I go, oh, that's uh, pretty convenient, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm like, you're 30 plus years old. You became a Giants fan in 2010 when they won their first title in years. Okay, nice. <laughs> See, that's 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 a sports fan. I go, but you and I are just totally different. Totally, like, I mean, <laughs> I can watch someone on TV, and I remember them in high school. Like, I rem- I know what high school they went to. You know, that's yeah. that's where it becomes. You know, I mean, I remember you and I going to watch uh, Fullerton play, um, and or watching UCLA play in the tournament, and and I just remember those guys being kids, and now they're major leaguers now. Now they're getting, you know, contracts, big contracts, and remember they're starting, and um, you know that's where it's different. I, you know, I remember watching, um, uh, you know, a guy guy pitch and just you know evaluate him and be totally off 10 years later that now he's in the league you know so (laughs) we're just we're just just a little bit different just a little bit different it's more of a lifestyle and i don't mean like we're we're overly fanatical yeah where where you i don't i don't wear jerseys really i'll wear a hat here and there i'm very proud of southern california sports uh, I definitely have strong opinions on, on matters <laughs> that happen in the sports world. And so I wish uh, I had the ability to kind of talk more sports right now, but, but we can't. And I feel you about the game, the video gaming uh, stuff, Scott. I mean, I looked out my window the other day and I watched father and son playing uh, basketball on the, the hoop out on our street corner. And I was just, I find myself, I found myself cheering for one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I need, I need a, I need a sporting event right now. Yeah, please. yeah. I mean, but that's it is something that I really enjoy. But I think you and I would both uh, agree. It's not who we are. Uh, I know people. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. You know, and yeah. and I enjoy relationships where I, I could talk about real life stuff. Uh, you yeah. know, I do have some friends that all they want to do is talk about sports. Um, but that's just, I get bored with that, to be honest, because I think there is more to life to that. Um, you know, sports is a hobby, but, you know, I, I do know a lot of people, we like to talk business, uh, you know, I we love to cook, travel, politics, like, to me, those are the true friendships. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I love my sports, love it. <laughs> well, Scott, let's talk about your younger days, you, you grew up in Southern California, as you said, you went to Bonita high school in Laverne. Mm-hmm. You played a couple different sports there. And uh, I know you're very proud uh, Bearcat. Uh, very, very proud Bearcat. Um, I was just talking to uh, one of my wife's coworkers uh, moved up to the Bay area a few years ago. I guess she was originally from Laverne and we just had a chance to talk. Her daughter went to Benita, but I grew up in Southern, uh, I grew up in uh, South Pomona. And when I was 10 or 11 or 12 years old, actually, uh, my mom told me, you know, we're going to move to Laverne. I didn't know where Laverne was, which is weird (laughs) because it's only two or three miles down the street and I had no clue. And when I went there, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Benita High School. 
um, and just fell in love with the community, the area. Um, it's Southern California. It's 55,000 people. But to me, I felt like it had this small town feel. Um, so mm-hmm. I just, uh, and I love the high school. We were horrible in everything that we, in sports, it's, you know, when I was there. But I still was extremely proud alum, and still am, where I follow them on Twitter and, uh, you know, check the scores, especially on Friday nights <laughs> in the fall. And, and hopefully they'll beat that other team, that, that, that blue and gold team that's on the other <laughs> side of the town. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that because it, it, I, I didn't know about it growing up. Uh, uh, but I got into officiating football and I found out about this amazing rivalry. It's a high school football rivalry. And, you know, San, San Dimas, uh, I, I, did, I told you I wouldn't cuss uh, Scott, but San Dimas is, is probably a swear word to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Dimas High School is a big rivalry of, uh, of Bonita High School. Bonita's in Laverne, San Dimas is in San Dimas, but they're, they're neighboring communities, and the rivalry goes way back. And I would say San Dimas and Laverne, they probably get the same amount of fans at their regular home games. But the first time I went to that smudge pot game with the officials to kind of shadow them, uh, I had no idea. I mean, the the amount of people that showed up to that game, it felt like the entire city of San Dimas and Laverne was in was there at the game in their stands, and it was just a packed feeling. And since then, you know, they've since moved the game to Citrus College for a bigger venue. And, and I think it's probably – you may not like it, but I, I think it's a good fit there. But it's just an amazing, amazing uh, rivalry out here in the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah, it, and it's something that I had to learn. You know, uh, me, I didn't grow up in, in Laverne. Uh, I didn't grow up in San Dimas, so I didn't know too much about it. <clears throat> but – I, I learned it took me a few years to really truly not like them and dislike them. Um, and I've kept that going. Um, and we, in football, we played for something called a smudge pot and didn't know what that was, but, you know, I learned that uh, it's basically a, um, a heating device for the oranges because that whole area used to be a, a, a orange growth. And so, uh, I I gotta say this. Um, unfortunately, in my four years, I never saw the smudge pot. Uh, never oh. touched it. Never held it uh, because it was always on the other side of <laughs> uh, of the field. And that's something I, I I always think about, and I'll never forget. Uh, if anyone who's listening to this, or even yourself, have ever read the book uh, Moby Dick, it's a, it's an amazing story, and I and I understand Captain Ahab. Captain Ahab is looking for this whale, and he's trying to conquer this whale for his whole entire life. And to me, San Dimas in my four years, that was my Moby Dick. Never had the <laughs> opportunity to beat them. They, uh, I think we beat them one time in baseball. And to me, I'll never forget that, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just an amazing rivalry uh, during that time. And, um, and I guarantee if you talk to anybody who went to the school with me or played, you know, with me, they have the same feelings about San Dimas. Um, my brother, he also graduated from Benita and I believe in his years, he never lost to San Dimas. So, uh, I had the opportunity to experience the victories through him. It's an amazing rivalry. I would agree. I like the home and home uh, instead of the neutrals 
technically neutral site um, because I would never forget being a junior. And even as a junior in high school, I did not understand the rivalry at that time. And I played it on the varsity game. And I'll just never forget seeing so many people on the stands. Um, the stands were full and then people were lined up all around the, uh, the fences. Mm-hmm. And that game was amazing because I'll never forget uh, what they we we were warming up the whole time and they weren't there. They did not show up. We, oh. we were like, "Where are they?" You know, and it was just it was such a great um, tactical kind of mental warfare that they had against us. <laughs> but we're stretching and everything. I'm, it's my junior year, and I'm just like we're about to start in 20 minutes and there's no team. And then all of a sudden they, the bus pulls up 10 minutes before the game. They're already dressed, already ready to go. And they just walked on the field and beat us. So I'm assuming that they must've worked out and, and got ready before the game at San Dimas. And um, they, and they just walked on the field and kicked our behind my junior year. And then my senior year, we got a little cocky because we had won a couple of games <laughs> and they were awful. <laughs> they were awful uh, my senior year. And something I don't think I've ever told people this, only the people that um, I did this with know this particular story. So the night before the game, a group of us decided to go and um, we kind of defaced uh, the campus um, the night before the game. And we, <laughs> because we were so confident we were going to win, so we sprayed their campus up pretty bad. Um, so I, I'm sure that there is a um, um, statue of limitation, so no one can ever uh, <laughs> come and try to get me for this but yeah it was a few of us we decided to do this it was my senior year we're ready to go um and they shut us out 19 nothing and Ooh. and i never i i cried so hard after that game one because i felt that it was going to be my last game ever playing football ever again um you know my goal was to play baseball and so um one and i never wanted to end on that note the only thing i've ever wanted to do while i was at Benita was to beat San Dimas and um they they did it to us again. Ouch, man. Uh, sorry to hear. Uh, it, you know, every year I, I see that score, and, and I'll, I'll text you whether uh, – I had the privilege to work the game one time. That was many years ago. But uh, it's it's definitely a thrill to be a part of. And anytime that game happens, I'm, I, I'm intrigued. And I always check the score out, and I'll get text either a congratulatory or, or uh, you know – Hey, sorry, man. Get him next time. <laughs> yeah. And I've talked with a lot of my friends, Scott, from Real Hondo Prep, just about, you know, it's been, I mean, it's been a little longer for you, but it's been about 20 years. I mean, just under 20 years that, you know, we haven't played football and, but the memories are still so clear and, and you still, you know, you're a guy who, who you still care about your alma mater doing well, you know, uh, and, and I think some people kind of will tease me or other friends, like, why do you guys care about high school sports still? Like, what's your deal? And I'm like, well, you know, it's just special. You, you, were, you were at one time were a part of it, and you may not be the biggest booster club fan or whatever, but you still care. I mean, it's fun to look back on and think, yeah, I used to wear that green helmet. Or I used to 
you know, uh, play at that field. And, you know, so it's a fun thing to look back on and, and be like, oh, man, they got us again or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I think it's I, I, probably the main reason why is because if we look at our lives as, you know, etch in stone um, or, you know, cement during those years, my cement was still wet, which means it's, mm-hmm. it's still forming. There's so many relationships that I remember vividly. There's so many games I remember. There's so many experiences in the locker room, the people I met. Um, oh, the first time I heard this was on, you know, in the locker room with this person, or all oh, the first time that we talked about this, or my coaches. That those memories are more vivid than college, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. But hmm. I just remember those are where my thoughts, you know, passions uh, kind of formed was during those particular years. Some of the things I, I learned, um, just me playing baseball, um, my, I'll never forget my freshman year playing baseball at Benita. We had coaches at, um, that were fifth-year seniors at Azusa Pacific, and they came and they they – you know, basically taught us baseball and they incorporated, they taught us basically things about baseball that I still think about today. They were the best, absolute best coaches I've ever had. One of them I still keep in contact with now just because I just treasure what he taught me about the game, but he didn't just teach me about the game. He incorporated uh, Christian values to sports, which I didn't Mm -hmm. think, I was 13, 14 years old, 14 years old at the time. I didn't even think that you could, you you mean you can carry your values or your beliefs in sports? I never thought about that at all. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you know, you, you, you play a game and there's certain ways that you should probably behave. And, you know, he goes, uh, he goes, where I go to school, um, we, uh, we pray before a game. I go, what? You guys pray as a team? Like, I just was shocked. And so he's the one that kind of introduced me to Azusa Pacific, but he also taught me uh, a, so valuable lessons about the game of baseball that I use today. Incredible. I, I mean, I think sports is is almost the perfect platform for those things. It's a, it's definitely a, uh, a an outlook on on what life has in store for you it, it teaches you character and and how you carry yourself and yeah you talk about christian values i i think sports at least for me is growing up it was the perfect uh, place to to learn those things so so i couldn't agree more uh, scott you talked about azusa pacific university that's where you ended up going after high school and what can you tell me about what those were like and why you ended up choosing that school uh well <laughs> I love getting that question, you know, especially that last question. <laughs> Why did you choose APU? And I go, I didn't choose APU. APU definitely chose me. Okay. And why I say that is because I always felt as a kid that I don't know why I felt this way. And my family might laugh at me for saying this. And I might be, um, um, I guess, you know, not being humble by saying this, but I, I felt like as a kid that I was the, the chosen one or the golden child. Like it's my job <laughs> to do well. That's always, always felt that way. And so college was always 
number one for me always like I, I was going to college and that's what everyone in my family thought and that's what I thought too as well and so over the years I, I did really well in school uh, tested pretty well and I was looking at some schools on the east coast um, and there's there's a few schools I just didn't get into and I was kind of shocked it, I don't think it was my academic uh, achievements but is a lot of it had to do with um I just felt like I, I didn't do a good job of putting myself in the best light. What I mean by that is I could have wrote better essays. I could have had someone review my uh, submissions, all this type of stuff. And I just didn't do that. And so now I was at a position where I'm like, okay, what school am I going to go to? Well, I was recruited to play football at Lafayette. Um, and uh, I didn't get into there. So I still, to this day, do not like Lafayette, which is in Pennsylvania. Uh, and <laughs> I I was at a point where uh, one of my last options was Occidental. And I was getting recruited to play football at Occidental. And I remember the coach told me, he's like, I need you to take your, um, your SATs again because I need you to get at least over a 1,200. And I was like, oh, okay. And so he's like, sign up and take it. I was like, okay. So I signed up and I, I think I hung out with some friends on the night before and I decided not to take it. And I, and I felt that, I felt that I was like, I think I've done enough to get into this school. I should be fine. And the coach was like, no, you didn't. I, you're not going Occidental. So it was like April and I had no idea what school I was going to go to. And fortunately, um, I got a call from Azusa Pacific and they're like, Hey, you know, you're on our database. Um, and we were just wondering if you're interested in applying to go to school. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I applied, took a tour of the campus. Now, based on my dealings with Azusa Pacific in my freshman year of of uh, high school with my baseball coach, I was pretty familiar with Azusa. So I have been on mm -hmm. campus a few times. I've seen it. It wasn't necessarily my dream school, but I, I knew it. My actual dream school was UCLA. That's the school I really, really wanted to go to. Love that school and everything. But I really wanted to play sports still. And, and also, I was afraid that I wouldn't get into UCLA. And I felt like if I applied to UCLA and I didn't get in, I would hate UCLA and be a Trojan fan. <laughs> and so I didn't want to do that. So I mistakenly, uh, immaturely did not apply to UCLA. Um, so I applied to uh, APU, didn't hear back. It's June. Um, didn't know what I was going to do. Everyone's asking me what school you're going to. So I decided to, um, I started uh, signing up for classes at Mount Sac because I was like, I don't know what school I'm going to go to. I called the football coach at Mount Sac, uh, tell him I'm coming to walk, you know, coming to campus. He's like, okay. And I called the baseball coach and said, Hey, I'm going to try out. And he's like, I don't know who you are, but okay. And still had no clue where I was going to go. And then the day that I graduated high school, after graduation, I went home to change and get ready for grad night. And I got a call from Azusa Pacific. 
And wow. my counselor at the time, she called and she said, hey, I just want to let you know, congratulations, you've been accepted. And I was just so happy because that was on a Thursday. And Monday, I was going to start at Mount Sac because I had no idea what school I was going to go to. So I feel like <laughs> they chose me. and It was the best decision I ever made. I learned so many different things. And I just showed up to campus. Didn't I called the football coach just like I did in Mount Sac. I called the football coach, which is um, uh, Coach uh, Milhan, who lives right in, still lives in uh, downtown um, uh, Old Town Laverne. Uh, he used to coach uh, um, probably one of our famous football alums, Christian Okoye. And he's like, okay. The, uh, night, yeah. the Nigerian. Yes, yeah. So he, he, it was his last season, but he's like, okay, well, uh, so you got in. Yeah. Practice starts at this time. We'll see you then, you know. And I called the baseball coach too. I was like, I'm walking on. So I was all excited to be there and life changing experience. I'm, I'm, I think if I did not go there, I don't know what direction I would have been. Um, cause it just, um, I grew up in the church. Um, but I feel like even though I gave my heart to to God, you know, as a kid, to me, I didn't live it until I actually went to the Pacific. Like being there, it just, like I said, it was a life-changing experience. I do think there's a big difference in uh, being a kid versus an adult. And I think it's, it's shaping yourself as a kid, especially in, uh, you know, your, your religious area growing with God and everything. But, but once you get to adulthood in your twenties and, and even, you know, slightly before that, that's where I think you really get a better understanding of what you were told as a kid, uh, things you were learning, you start to see those lessons into place, much like we did with, you know, sports and other things. But uh, so, yeah, I think the, the definite, the biggest growth I think you make is as a young adult, in that regard. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'd never forget being in class, uh, one of my Bible classes. And it, it also exposes, you know, the things that you've learned with your family and maybe the church experiences that you went through. Uh, because I know that the church, the churches that I grew up in, it was, I always felt that it was more about feeling and more about emotion, but not necessarily education. Like if someone challenged mm -hmm. me, challenged me on my Christian views, I don't really have anything to kind of uh, back that back them up or um, defend them at all because I wasn't really uh, educated on that um, as a kid growing up through the church. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. and I just remember sitting next to people and they're just talking about the Bible and and um, quoting uh, you know scripture and. And everything, and I was just like, "What? What is wrong with you guys? Like, how do you know all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like, we didn't learn any of that. I mean, the way that I was taught is we have these uh, these little felt like stories that you know. I remember my Sunday school teacher had a felt uh, you know board, oh. and you know when when she told a story about you know David and Goliath, she had this little thing she would put David on the board, and then she had this thing. <laughs> Goliath that Goliath was like the same size as David so he was a giant so she just raised him up a little bit like he was a like that's the stories that I learned I didn't we didn't like open a bible yeah that's... <laughs> oh that's good stuff man you're taking me way back now to some good memories yeah I used to love yeah when I went to APU they were serious I was like oh okay you guys are like 
Yeah. You really know your stuff. You guys are hardcore Christians. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm Christian, but like, I don't, yeah, I don't need to like, I don't quote all that stuff. So I had to take, it, little, I had to take it a little seriously when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they stepped your game up, man. Uh, Scotty, did you, did you end up, you said you, uh, you were going to walk on, on on both sports. How did that end up for you? Did you play both sports? If so, how long? Uh, I only played football. Uh, my freshman year played, uh, I walked on uh, on the football team. And then after that season was over, as I mentioned, our coach then he retired and we got a new coach. And this new coach, he was serious. You know, he wasn't there to. Um... Now, when I first got there, the, our team was made up mostly of just a lot of good people, a lot of good football players. Um, well, let me rephrase that. More good people and less good football players. Nice guys. Yes, very nice guys. <laughs> it was more, yeah, it was a bunch of, uh, I hate to stereotype, it was a bunch of Christian guys playing football. That's what I kind of felt like. And we weren't really very good. And so when our new coach came in, he kind of got rid of it. He's like, listen, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a football coach, career coach. And I'm here to, like, he brought in guys that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never heard some of the words these guys were saying. And he brought in football players. Like, he brought in a lot of guys that were uh, bounce backs from uh, D1, D2 program. So they came into play. They, he was like, no, we're not here going to hold hands and and read scriptures all day. No, we're here to play football. So that was my um, the that fall. And I remember explaining to him that I wanted to try out for the baseball team. And I don't think he was too happy about that. I tried out for the team. And because the tryouts are doing football season, Anybody who wants to try out that is playing a sport, a fall sport, they have one week to try out, and that's it. And so I remember our football season is over. I showed up there on the Monday, and throughout the whole week, we practiced with the team. I took bat, you know, had a bats, and on Saturday, we had a scrimmage, and then Monday, we knew our fate. And I didn't have a good season, senior season at all. I was awful um, because I think I focused just more on getting ready for football. The better football player I got, the worse baseball player I got, I was. And so sure. at APU, it was amazing. I just caught lightning in the bottle. And I had they gave us they gave the the fall guys who are there for a week they gave us like twelve to fourteen at bats and I'll never forget this because in my twelve at bats I went six for twelve with two doubles and four singles and a couple stolen bases so like I felt like I performed and mm-hmm. it came down to it and the coach met with me and I was like I think I I did all I could do. And the coach basically told me, he goes, listen, based on your performance, we had to, you know, get some additional information because we only have you for six days. So I need to find out, are you worth someone we should keep? And basically, he talked to my high school coach who didn't give me the best recommendation. And he's like, he also talked to uh, our football coach and said, hey, I would really prefer him 
not to play baseball in the spring and for him to be on our spring practice. And so based on those uh, conversations, he decided not to allow me to uh, play on the baseball team, which broke my heart because I felt that baseball was a sport I was going to play in college and football where I was done in high school and it ended up being the opposite. Um, no regrets. And I think the main reason why I don't regret it is because I knew I gave all that week and I did the best I could and I shine and it, he had to make us, uh, he had to do research to find out if it was legit. And so it didn't bother me at all. Um, so I played four years at Azusa Pacific and we had some really, really good teams. I end up earning a scholarship. Um, I, I've always been a person that never, ever the most talented. If I'm the most talented, we're not going to win a lot of games. Um, so, but I always worked my behind off all the time, always kept quiet. Um, and I just worked really, really hard. And I just, the best experience I had there, um, I was disappointed in my playing time at one point. I was going to leave uh, to go to uh, another school. Um, but I decided, you know, I didn't come here to play football. That's what I thought. I'm like, no, I, I came here just to get an education. And I like Azusa Pacific. So I'm not going to leave just because I'm not starting on this team. Mm -hmm. So I stuck it out, did my four years, and I still follow the program and, and um, love some of the, the people that I met there. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it's all about, man. I, I hear it every podcast is the relationships, the people you – we're teammates with, and, and eventually the athletic career ends for all of us at some point. Uh, you know, it sounds like you wrote it out about as long as you could, and, and I'm glad to hear you didn't uh, move along, move to somewhere else, because, you know, I, I, think, of, uh, I think of you as a Azusa Pacific Cougar, uh, you know, as you've, you've talked about your days there, and I think it sounds uh, like it was just what you needed and what God had in store for you. You know, Scott, you see so many people, mostly at the Division One level, is what the ones you hear about, but you see so many people transferring now you thought about moving to another school. So, you know, there's all this, this transfer talk when, when a guy doesn't want to be the backup quarterback or, you know, a guy wants to play right away. And I think we're in this age of like instant uh, gratification or, or, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm great. I'm great. So, you know, I deserve this stuff. And you see so much of it and it's trickled down into the high school level, even where people transfer all of the time, all over the place. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm old school in that aspect. Um, so mm -hmm. I've always been a, a person of my word, sticking things out, don't quit. And that's why I try to live my life on that. Stick to your commitment. And I just can't imagine being a coach, you know, trying to recruit kids now. Um, I, I, I'm just not a fan of it. I, to a certain extent, I get it because I think, the, unfortunately, I think the majority of the of kids today, they are not looking to get an education. They're looking to um, use this particular yeah. sport to springboard them to something different. So, I understand mm -hmm. that aspect, but I also know so many people that they did not have that opportunity. Um, and what I mean by that is, and I'm sure you can say, how many people did you know or see that are just one of the best athletes you've ever seen in, in person 
but they're they didn't go professional it's (laughs) it's very difficult so you should always prepare that hey this might not work out and i feel like you don't pick a school because of that like if your focus is to pick a school because of you know just the sport that you're playing the playing time and if it's going to take you to the next level i get that but for a lot of people like myself that wasn't that opportunity you know i picked I needed to go to school because I wanted to get an education. And I just wish more people were like that. Definitely. And, and you know what they, they, they find, they find the, the ones, those diamonds in the rough that make it all the way. They, they find them. I mean, we, we said Christian Okoye went to Azusa Pacific university. Uh, I'm watching that bulls documentary and Scott, Scotty Pippen went to some yeah. like Southeastern Arkansas or something like that. I mean, guys just, they go to, Schools, Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, small schools, uh, you know, you're going to get found. Uh, and it's just people are impatient. And it's it's so crazy. I talked with a few other guests about this stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's frustrating for me seeing kids do that uh, and just seeing guys move around so much. And, you know, as an official, I see it a lot. And just talking sports with other people, it's, it's really, really weird, weird to see. But, yeah, unfortunately, it's the – it's the age we live in. Um, Scott, I want to go back to the Dodgers, if we can. Uh, at one point after college, uh, I don't know. I don't remember in, in which regard you did, but you did work for the Dodgers for a, a short time. And please tell me what that was about and uh, every, everything that that So when I graduated, I graduated as a specific with a marketing degree. And I thought that I would work at some big marketing advertising firm, you know, top floor somewhere. <laughs> it, this is how silly I was. I thought it would be on the top floor uh, in downtown LA with a view of the beach, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's what I envisioned, you know, that I would be sit there, you know, giving ideas about uh, commercials and marketing. And I quickly found out that, um, you know, if you really want to be in this industry, you got to start in sales first or go get a job somewhere else and try to get experience in being in the industry. And I wish I would have known that before I decided to, to go into marketing. So I worked at a loan company for about a year or so. Unfortunately, got laid off there. And then I was you know, just looking for a job, looking for work. And uh, I came across, uh, you know, one of those, uh, you know, unemployment sites, um, you know, in, I, I'm sure it wasn't Indeed, but like an Indeed type of uh, website. And they were looking for a customer service representatives for the Dodgers. And so I just applied. I'm like, hey, I need some money. I don't really care. And um, several weeks later, they called me, went in for the interview at Dodger Stadium. And, you know, it's, it was just a, a dream come true to work there. Um, now, <laughs> that dream turned into a nightmare after about two months because they don't pay you anything. <laughs> um, but that experience was amazing. Like, um, it was the first time that I said we. You know, and what I mean by that, and I'm sure if you're a sports fan, yeah. you understand this. Are, are you really allowed to go, oh, yeah, we lost to the Giants today? Or we. Oh, Scott. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I think we're on the same page on this. At least I hope. Yeah. Yes, sir. So go ahead. I don't, 
I, as a sports fan, I don't say we because I'm just a fan. I'm not, no. But now, listen, I get a check that has a Dodger logo on it. <laughs> so I'm allowed to go, hey, we, we are on a three-game losing streak right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. If you get a paycheck or you have a diploma or a degree from that institution, all about yeah, we, I so, think. <laughs> it was so much fun. I can't believe it. We were there. I was there every single day. I, you know, I drove up to the stadium. The experience is there. Um, I did. I did tours for them. I worked in their ticket office. Um, met so many great people. Run into players. Saw famous people during games. Uh, you know, Kobe went to a lot of games. Um, I saw. Um, just actors and actresses. Uh, Kevin Costner was there a lot. Tom Hanks was there. Uh, it was just seeing so many. It was like, wow. And now, and I worked there during the 2000 season. And if you guys recall, the 2000 season was. Uh, let me um, rephrase that. For LA, the 2000 season, the city of LA was amazing because uh, that's the year the Lakers won the title. Now, the Dodgers were awful that year. A lot of different things happened that year. But being in that city and experiencing that that energy, um, it's it's a synergy between those particular teams, too. I almost feel like they're Mm -hmm. sister organizations because I knew there was a lot of people who work for the Lakers, who work for the Dodgers and vice versa, both. Um, When the Lakers season ended, there was people who would leave and then come and spend the rest of the season for the Dodgers. But it was such an amazing experience. And I'll tell you this really quick story. Um, I'll never forget the season started. We had opening day and this was so weird because opening day was on a Friday that year. And the first game of the season, it was against the Cincinnati Reds. It was on a Friday. And we, because I can say I can say we at the time, we won two out of three. And then on Monday, we end up being tied for first place. And so I come into work on Monday and they tell me, hey, uh, at three o'clock, it's uh um, you know, first place Monday. I can't remember the, they call it some, they still use, they still do this. I can't remember the name of it, but they're, I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, the whole organization meets on Monday in the office to go get ice cream. It's like an ice cream Sunday social. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and I go, if the team's in first place, uh, we all get ice cream. And I was like, sweet. So I go downstairs <laughs> Because the ticket level was upstairs, we go downstairs to the loge level, and we go into the office to get our ice cream. I'm sitting there scooping, and there's like, there's at least 10 gallons of ice cream with all different flavors and toppings and stuff. (laughs) Everyone's talking and walking, and, and I'm sitting there scooping, and I hear someone's voice, and... It's one of those voices that you just, you close your eyes and you've heard it a million times. And it is, it is Vince Scully. Uh, Vince Scully is over here eating ice cream, talking to Tommy Lasorda. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. Like, this is amazing. It was totally worth (laughs) the $6.75 I think I was getting paid 
it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you can't you cannot put a you can't put a price tag on those types of moments. Oh, it was amazing. You just can't. But the one thing is too, um I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I learned quickly, especially over the those few months. I worked there for a year, and then I got a job uh, with a financial services company and started my career as a financial planner. But as I was there, I realized I started seeing so many bad things. And then I'm like, you know what? Never work at your favorite restaurant. Never, because <laughs> I started to get a dang, this job really sucks. They don't pay you anything. Um, I wanted to move up, uh, but um, I, I, I interviewed at three or four different departments and, and the do- never got them. And then later on, after I decided to leave the, the company, uh, the Dodgers, uh, a friend of mine who was a supervisor told me the reason why is because, oh, well, the head of, the, of our department didn't want you to leave. And so that's why they decided decided not to hire you and I'm just I also there's stories about players I learned about that are just not good people um (laughs) I ran into people that I saw on TV that are jerks even the most famous Dodgers people that you that you know are are mean like I saw that stuff in person and I'm like I wish I could just go back to being a fan that's the thing yeah. that I really miss. But one last story about the Dodgers, and I, I'm sure you're going to get a kick out of this. So this is um, this was in June, and I happened to be with uh, one of the um, dugout managers, and we were, I think we had just ate lunch, or we were doing something, and we were walking from the dugout club, and uh, we were just standing talking and catching up. And here comes uh, Mark Gruzelanik. I don't know if you do you remember Mark Gruzelanik? Yes. yes. So he sense. walks in. It's about one forty-five. It's on a Friday. I never forget this. It was on a Friday, one forty-five uh, p.m. on a Friday. He walks in and he has like a bag, and and he's like, and I, I can't remember the 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 dugout person's name, but he's like, hey, where's everybody? And he and he goes, Mark, what do you mean, where's everybody? He goes. It's almost two o'clock. Where is everybody? And he's like, they're in Anaheim. What do you mean? He goes, wait, wait. He goes, the game's in Anaheim? <laughs> and he's like, yes. And he's like, oh, bleep. All right, thanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're they're just as uh, it's they're just human people that do things special. Yeah. That's about it. It was the yeah. funniest thing. Never forget it. But uh, like, I, I got to know their families. <laughs> I I saw their kids. It's just it's just amazing. And now their kids are playing sports now, or or in the main. Yeah. Like it, it was just a wonderful experience. Uh, I oh, I did Dodger tours. And um, one of the tours I did, it was they they didn't do they typically uh, do not at the time they do this now, but at the time they did not do uh, Dodger tours during game days, but because it was Coca Cola, which was a major sponsor, still is uh, of the Dodgers, they decided to do it for like thirty executives that they had flew in, and so um, it's about two and a half three hours before the game. 
And if you ever see a tour guide, they be there, they they walk backwards. And so I'm walking backwards, talking about the Dodgers. <laughs> We're in the dugout club. I'm walking back, and next thing I know, I hit I hit a, a brick wall. And but this brick wall talks back and says, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay?" And I almost fall to the ground. It was Sammy Sosa. Oh wow! I ran right into him, and he's like, "Are you okay?" I go, "I'm fine." Are you? <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh my god, Sammy Sosa!" And um, Sammy Sosa, uh, I, he's not very tall. He's probably I'm five ten. He might have been five eleven, but he felt like, uh, like I said, a brick wall. Now, granted, we all know why he felt that way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah so when i can say yes i did run into some players i literally did he was such a nice guy such a nice guy (laughs) (laughs) i i do agree with your your sentiment of you know ignorance is bliss and i think for a lot of fans and people who follow sports they may not they don't know about all that behind the scenes stuff or, or how people really are and how sometimes it is a this this fake personality they put out there to the media and everything but but it's true and, and i've seen a, a ton of it myself so i know exactly what you're it's, talking it's about it's sad it's sad <laughs> and like i said i i much rather be a fan of an actor i much rather be a fan of a, a athlete i really don't want to go into great detail of who they are because I've seen some people that I've met that you know with working with the Dodgers that I'll never forget how they treated that person I'll never forget how uh, you know the stories about what they've done to their families uh, behind the scenes or them you know off the field (laughs) it's just like oh my god like people know them and I'm just like oh I don't want to hear that stop you know. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but you know, you got to know those things too. I mean, to, to be, True. you know, people wear a certain guy's jersey, and you're like, uh, "Hey, that guy's actually yeah, scumbag. yeah." And, and this was 2000, so like it was 20 years yeah. ago, and things are totally different now. I mean, can you? I mean, we're all watching this last dance um, on you know for sports fans on ESPN with that. Uh, that Bulls team, can you imagine if Twitter or social media was around then? You know, the stories about, oh you know, about players and what they, you know, Michael beating up people in practice, you know what I mean? Like, life is totally <laughs> different. We're more exposed now. So. I know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. There's cameras everywhere. and uh, But, you know, one of those things we have now is we yes. have podcasts. And, and it's been it's been cool. It took me, uh, I'm always way behind, but, but I finally was like, Hey, what, what, what do you need to do a podcast and uh, figured it out? And it take me a long time to do it, but I finally did it. And it's been an opportunity to talk with friends such as yourself, just about anything sports. And this quarantine has really given me an opportunity, unfortunately with nothing else to do to, to sit down and, and to do this, so I can always tell Scott the people I haven't talked to in a long time because those interviews go the longest. And we're we're just about at an hour ten right now, which which is definitely one of the longer ones. But I am so glad that we got to do it, and I really look forward to doing it again. Please soon. invite me back. 
I hope so. <laughs> no, I had fun. I had fun. And of course, I got like 10 other topics that we could definitely explore. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed uh, catching up. And uh, you're doing a really good job. I've listened to a few episodes and it's amazing. Uh, it's going to blow up. I hope so. I, I try, try to bring on people with uh, unique uh, experiences and as sports fan like yourself. And, and I, I'm sure you got to get back to uh, maybe a glass of wine with uh, the wife. Oh, Michelle, yeah. Right? You know, we have some stuff, some Pinot that we're going to pair with some barbecue tonight. So, of course, and also we have uh, some honeydew list that I have uh, put off. So that's why I was hoping this would go a little <laughs> bit longer. But <laughs> I try, We try to stretch it out as best we can. Uh, you know what quarantine means? Oh, you're free to do more stuff too. So, uh, yeah. You said your wife, um, she works yes, at a winery, yes, right? Yes, she does. So if you guys are able, anyone able to come out to Napa, uh, it's uh, right in downtown Napa. It's uh, Walt Wines. That's W-A-L-T Wines. Um, Instagram. Go to Instagram. They've been doing such a great job of promoting uh, their winery uh, on Instagram. They always have some type of famous person uh, that they're interviewing um, on Instagram live and talking about the wine. But if you're in Napa, let me know, let us know, because we'll love uh, to just show you around and treat uh, people. So uh, there's people that have t-shirts that says, uh, you know, I live where you vacation. And I, th- I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's found that's fantastic i love that uh we'll definitely put the word out and uh, if anyone wants information on that let me know and i will put you in touch with my good friend scott lewis here scott it was a pleasure to talk with you uh, i'm really looking forward to our next conversation i know it won't be uh, too far away and uh this is this is great to catch up and uh you know we got a lot more to talk about next time thank we you get sir together. talk to you later big thank you to Scott Lewis for coming on the program. We covered a lot of ground, had a lot to talk about. It had been a while since we chatted, so we had some serious catching up to do. Looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you again to Scott. On Tuesday, we have AJ Corsini on the program. He's a coach at Real Hondo Prep. He also works in real estate, so he'll tell us a little bit about both of those things. Uh, He is two years younger than me, a year older than my brother, so we had some interactions in high school and and, and afterwards, so looking forward to chatting with AJ. There's many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our best ways are our Twitter handle, Get Home Safe Pod. Our Instagram and Facebook pages are Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. You can reach out to us on those various platforms. There's also many platforms to listen to the Get Home Safe podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, basically. But we operate through the Anchor app. It is Get Home Safe Podcast. You can look it up there on the Anchor app. Add it to your favorites. We always appreciate that. Well, we will sign off and look forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Thanks for bearing with us on a long interview, but I think it was a good way to start Monday. And we look forward to Tuesday with AJ. We will be here every single day this week, Monday through Friday, with a new episode. So guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.